Oh man. When I tell you motherfuckers, man, we in for a roller coaster show today, man. We in for a roller coaster Brand show. Brand new LCP. It's been a lot of shit going on this week now. From Henry Ruggs, that is the NFL wide receiver, crashing and killing a woman at 156 miles per hour. We got Travis Scott and how much of a fucking atrocity his Astro World Festival was. You got eight dead, hundreds injured. But we gonna get to that shit later, man. I want to start off by talking about some upbeat shit. You know, some shit to kind of make y'all laugh and kind of keep you guys entertained on a positive level before we get to the down shit. But I asked the question on Instagram. The question was, if you are with a, your current boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whoever, how would you feel about them grieving or posting about their ex every Christmas, Valentine's Day, or other holiday? And again, the person's ex passed away. I wanted to put that little caveat in there. How would you feel about your current spouse grieving over an ex who passed away yearly? And this question came about because we know Jada Pinkett Smith, man. She's been married to Will Smith for how long? Over 20 years or some shit like that. Now, every single year, you know, Valentine's Day, um, Tupac's death date, his birthday, like, she always come online and post this picture and post, oh, Tupac, you would have been 50 today. And all this unreleased, oh, Tupac wrote me so many sweet love notes and notes. And I figured I'd share this one with you guys. Bitch, I'm a boomer. I'm trying to stop saying the word bitch, man. I'm trying to. But when motherfuckers piss you the fuck off. Now, again, this is what Jada Pinkett Smith... Like I said, we're starting with the shits this episode, man. This is what Jada Pinkett Smith posted earlier this year. I believe it was on Tupac's birthday. Listen to what she said. Again, this is a woman who is married, who is still grieving over an ex. An ex who died almost 30 years ago. Brand new LCP. Like, when is enough enough? But again, this is what Jada Pinkett Smith said. Oh, this shit not going to play now. Come on, man. I-, I want you guys to hear this shit out the horse's mouth, man. Like I said, man, when I say some shit on here, some of you guys be thinking, oh, here we go. As many of you know, today is Pac's birthday. He would have been 50 this year. As many of you know, today is Pac's birthday. He would have been 50 this year. And of course, you know, I went down memory lane. Over the years, Pac wrote me many letters and many poems, and I don't think this one has ever been published, honestly. He had a song called Lost Souls on... I want to boo. Like, if your ex or somebody you was romantically involved with died almost 30 years ago, 30... It's crazy just saying that. Tupac died almost 30 Years ago, Jada Pinkett Smith, I understand you miss him. You know, you guys had a thing back in the day, but let it go. You are married. And again, this is not no new shit. Every fucking year, I'm tired of seeing Jada Pinkett Smith pull a fucking love note out the fucking basket. I think she writing them shits herself. I, I, I know some of you motherfuckers. What? Why would she? Look, it's been 30 fucking years. If he wrote the notes for you, those are your notes, okay? Those are your notes. Like, stop just every fucking year you want the attention. Now you're going... Oh, check out this new unreleased Tupac notes. Like, we done with your ass already, man. But let's dive into these shits, man. Let me see if I can pull this shit out. I think I got these voice notes. Now, I I haven't heard most of these shits. Let me see what my man had to say. Now the shits ain't gonna play. What the fuck is going on today, man? Like, when I'm ready, when I'm upbeat, when I'm just ready to get in my bag, now the shits don't want to play. It's some bullshit, man. Let me see if this other shit play. Like I said, man, I'm trying to get, I want you guys to hear these voice messages like straight from the mouths of the listeners, those who stay tuned in, you know, because I believe that, you know, audio is way better than me reading shit. If I'm in a relationship, we're not married and my boyfriend is grieving over his ex, not an ex-wife or not an ex-husband, but grieving over an ex yearly faithfully some ain't right that means that his heart ain't all the way with mine so 
that's a that's a conversation that needs to be had and then we need to go from there what we'll do but that doesn't seem right to be in in my opinion it just seems kind of weird now if it's like a childhood friend or like like a brother or like someone you call a brother or sister that's really close i get that it makes sense but someone that you were just sexually active with that don't sit well with me it kind of seems like disrespect mm, but percent. that is disrespectful man now i do want to um kind of piggyback off what she said because a lot of people these days especially in black culture they say oh this person is like my brother this person is like my sister knowing damn well they fucked so no no i would still feel a kind of way if if like you had somebody quote unquote who was like a childhood middle-aged school friend and it's been 10 15 fucking years and every fucking year you like you like you posting about this person because okay it's gonna come a time where you like you're gonna have to just grieve internally okay especially if i'm with you but to be grieving for 30 fuck no no enough is enough at a certain point because like i said we're gonna get to a point to where like okay matter of fact for a second Let's take it and flip the shoe on the other foot. Now, because um, when I posed the question last week, a woman told me, well, John, you must be insecure if you're worried about her grieving over an ex because this person has passed away. He's no longer here. So he cannot he cannot step in between you guys. But like she said in the voicemail, it's a commitment issue at a certain point because exes are going to come and go. Some are going to pass away. That's just the nature of life. But if I got to keep hearing you, you know, cry, become emotional, you know, grieve years later over an ex, then I feel like it kind of can be taken as a commitment issue or you're not fully over your past. So now you're trying to enter into a relationship with me like you not being over your past that becomes an obstacle but let's dive into man this next voicemail man like i said man i haven't heard these shits yet so well this next one is a long i love the long voicemails let's clap it up for the long voicemails man because when you guys send in long voice messages man you guys get to express yourself more and i get and like i have more to reply to man so clap it up one more time and when I ask those listener questions on IG, you guys that respond with the fucking, y'all respond with the um, uh, texting back. No, I don't like text. I like audio because when I come on here and I read the shit, it, it don't hit the same way as if the listeners are hearing the shit from you directly. Hey, John, your post about having a spouse who is grieving, um, an ex-spouse that has passed on I think that's a good question like how would you feel about that I think personally you can't compete with somebody that has passed on mm-hmm. you know you can't you cannot mm-hmm. get your emotions wrapped around someone that has already passed on because you guys are in two different calibers of life you know they're in a whole different dimension however that works we don't know how that works so that's a whole different story but you know I think feeling some type of way especially negative feelings about Mm -hmm. you know like your spouse trying to write a letter to the person that has passed on is just (laughs) unnecessary i feel um Mm -hmm. that person has passed on so you have to give your spouse that space to grieve Mm -hmm. you know the person that they have loved for a while let's pause it right there now again she got more positive voice message but i want to stop right there because she's right that if the if if someone that who your um your current spouse has loved in the past has passed away, yes, you have to give them space and time to grieve to overcome that loss of a person. Because I understand what she said that there was a time in that person's life where they loved this individual, and I let's clap it because I understand that. But if it's been five to ten years, or in Jada Pinkett Smith's case. It's been over two decades. And now every fucking year it's the same shit. It's an issue. Because it's sad, but as they say, when people pass away, life goes on. So yes, you can grieve initially. Yes, and I know some of you guys are going to say, oh, but there's no time limit on grieving. I understand that. But if I'm with you, 
and it's been five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, and you're still grieving and posting and being outward with your your grief and online on Instagram, Facebook, social media about someone who passed away ten years ago. I believe I have the right to feel a kind of way about that because, like I said, if I'm with you, and you know I'm with you, I'm spending time with you. I'm, I'm, well, I would assume I'm making you happy. Then yet you're still grieving over an ex. And like I said on um on Instagram, if this is somebody who you share kids with, somebody who you were married to for a long time, then I can understand the prolonged grief because they're. It's more tied to this person, especially if you have kids with this person. But like a regular fucking ex. I don't know, but let's dive back into the voicemail. Um, with the letter with to Tupac, I don't know if she writes letters to him every year. I don't follow with her story, so I wouldn't know. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's actually necessary for her grieving process. If that's what she thinks helps her grieve, then that's what it is. And I also I want to pause it again. And again, I can understand Jada's, Jada Pinkett's grieving process, but it has been almost three decades, 30 years. And the other issue was that Will Smith has said out his own mouth and Jada Pinkett Smith has acknowledged it where she said, Will, he never liked Tupac back when they first got together that she said one time that, you know, she tried to get will to meet Tupac and he wasn't with it. And I can understand why, if this is somebody who you are deeply infatuated with and I'm your current spouse, why would I, why would I want to meet the guy who is kind of like my competition? If I'm with you officially and you are still Google eye for this motherfucker over here, I don't want to meet this person so you can say, look, he's cool. Look, he's, it's just platonic. But you're acting as if it's not something that is platonic. And I know, again, the ladies who listen to this podcast, you guys are 85% women. And I know some of y'all going to take offense to what I'm saying or make it seem as if I'm being insecure. But if you if you take the shoe and flip it on the other foot, most of y'all would feel a kind of way too. But I know it's 2021 social media era everybody gotta act as if i'm perfect i I wouldn't feel no kind of way just so they can judge other people i get it but let's dive back in i think about love and I i think about like losing your first love like how do you react to that if you lose your first love do you move on and marry somebody else or be with someone else or do you stay and cry about it every day so with jada's story seems like she chose to kind of move on in the sense of like finding someone else but internally, she's still grieving him because probably the connection they had was very strong or she felt some type of way about, you know, him as a person or when she was with him. So I think that's dope that she celebrates his life and that she writes letters to him whenever she does get the chance to. And I understand that. Again, let's clap it up one more time. But if I'm with you, we married for over 20, 25 years and you still haven't fully overcame your grief for your ex in almost 30 years bitch no you better break that we gonna break that bond uh we not you lcp yes sir because again i feel a kind of way will smith feels the kind of way he has said it but yet it continues let's dive back in one more part um i think me personally i would actually help my partner with like whatever he needs oh so you just you superwoman and i'm with him and he wants to celebrate her life and he wants to write her letters he wants to have her pictures posted that's fine with me honestly i personally do not find it a big deal and i do think that it's important to kind of allow him to know like if you want to do this it's okay for you to do it like i'm not competing with somebody that has passed on i'm not having negative feelings about someone that has passed on i'm not thinking that you want to be with them they already has passed on so the only thing i could do now is help you i want i want to stop right now again let's clap it one more time but based on what she is saying in the voice message um i kind of hope that she's talking about initial grief 
like the person finding out in the beginning, like maybe a couple days after that, the, that their ex has passed away because I would hope she, I, I would hope like I would strongly hope she is not helping her spouse grieve 15 to 20 years later over a spouse that died that long ago. Again, like I said, I can only hope because I kind of would give the side eye if it's been over 10, 15 years and you are helping the person grieve still because like the first voice message said, that can become a commitment issue. Now, next voice message, man, um, from my homegirl, man, she got a podcast. You guys check out the podcast, man. It's called the Lipstick Laundry Podcast, which, like, you know, she has a guest on every single week. Um, she talks about sex, relationships, friends, life, like a, a lot of shit. You guys are interested in. Again, her podcast is called the Lipstick Laundry Podcast. Man, this is what she had to say. Listen, take it from me. Okay, I am widowed and ain't no way I'm going to get married, get remarried and still be posting my ex. I'm just not going to do it. Like, why do I have to express it on the Internet? Like, oh, hold on. Why would Wait, I need to do that? Did she say that she is widowed and she and she wouldn't do it? Hold Listen, on. take it from me. Okay, I am widowed and wow. ain't no oh. way I'm going to get married. Oh. Get remarried and still be posting. Oh, so we got it straight from the source. Oh, my God. Wow. So we got it straight from the source. She said that she is widowed and she would not come online posting her ex while in a new relationship. Let's clap it up. Wow, I was not expecting that. So, see... We're just on here kind of speaking hypothetically, but she said that she is actually widowed. So we getting shit from the sauce and she said she would not come online and do it. And this is somebody who has, you know, she kind of would be justified in doing so because like she said, she is widowed and she still wouldn't do it, man. But, um, shit, let's dive back in, man. I got one more voice message. I want you guys to hear again. The question was, if you are in a relationship with a current boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever, and that person constantly, yearly, posts about their ex on social media, oh, I miss you. Had you not died, we would still be together. Oh, like, I would feel a kind of way. And again, that's why I thought it was very important to get the responses, the thoughts of a lot of you guys directly. Man, let's dive into this next post message. In response to your um, listener question, it's a hell to the gnaw for me. Um, you definitely can't be um, publicly posting about your ex for years. I mean, a once in a blue, maybe I get it. You know, the celebrities, maybe it's different. But for us regular people, it's a hell to the gnaw. Uh, no. You can grieve, um, but... I feel like when you're posting, um, like maybe it just means something more. Like it's a little too deep. Uh, yeah, it's a no. <laughs> but I understand that Will and Jada have their own unique thing going on. You know, their open relationship and stuff. So clearly, they have maybe you know talked about this in the past and established and put true, these things true, up. True, true, so, true. Hey. If you like it, I love it. Whatever works for your relationship, I ain't going to hate. I'm going to just say, for me, it will be no. <laughs> and for me, it's a no, too. Look, if I'm with you, I understand grieving. Again, like I said before, earlier in the episode, grieving has no time limit. But nah, if it's been 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and you still grieving about your ex openly on social media, it's an issue. Brand new LCP. But we're going to take a quick break, man. We're going to dive into some shit, man. But uh, again, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Lunchroom Chatter Pod. You guys, my cash app is dollar sign NYC story 718. You guys can click the link in, a, in any episode description. It, it says become a supporter. You can support for $1 a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month. Also, if you guys scroll through the episodes... And you click on a bonus episode, 
You guys can sign up to become a member of Lunchroom Plus. I'm going to have a bonus episode dropping this week where I'm going to tell you guys about the first time I had sex. Now, I ain't going to dive into it here because, you know, more people listen on like my regular episodes. And first time I had sex, it was bad, man. And when I say bad, the shit was bad. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I fucked up. I look fucking stupid, man. But like I said, man, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to get into the shit. I was trying to play a song for you guys, but I can't find the shit, man. I was trying to find some sh- Matter of fact, hold on. Let's play a song by my guy Price, man, because we, we, like, we're about to get into like some tough shit, some, <sighs> some death, you know, tragedies and... I kind of got to get my vibes up, man. So we're going to play a song by my guy, Price. Let me see which CD I want to play. Let's go to the Colored Album, man. This song is called... Which one I want to play? Colored. Students, 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 take your seats. Students, take your, everyone take your seats. I am Professor Mehdi, and I will be your instructor this year. For your color course. Curls, perms, do rags, bonnets, and stocky caps. Broken shit, but bet we get pay per view for that boxing match. Got detached from school because they never taught us the proper facts or how to survive, how to go get it, rips or them pocket taps. Oh, yeah. Police see us, we ain't no shit, still they gon' stop it, Pat. Me and all my niggas down, most likely because my skin is brown, but me, I take pride in all of this color. And you would too once you find the truth and them lies get uncovered. You get a real key to life when you survive out the gutter. You got your heart from your daddy, you got your eyes from your mother. In the apartments, it's water, balloon fights in the summer That's Potatoes right. smothered, it's either sugar or rice with the butter Back when all Joe was here in the stutters We was trying to get discovered, not realizing that it take time and instruction So mama taught us about Cain and Abel early Because the one thing in life is jealousy, that's dividing us brothers Double dutch, double ups, communion or double cups It's all just a list of tools they place to trouble us Wide noses, kinky hair, plump lips, and bubble butts In real life, I'm truly in love with us Sauce with the dark me found light on them dark streets. Lay your head on my chest. I bet Matter of fact, hold on. We might gotta cut that song short because I think he's signed now. Now you know, once an artist signs to a label, I kinda don't play their music because it's it's a lot of lot of shit involved into that point. So again, that's my guy Price that is colored featuring Candace Boyd off his project Colored that dropped in 2020. That is Price P-R-I-C-E. Damn, I, I was I was I was over here jamming, rapping and shit, but I forgot when an artist signed to a label, when they are no longer indie, labels got some weird shit to it. They can kind of pull your episodes down if you playing shit, you know that's not indie, which is fucking weird because I'm trying to promote artists who don't yet have a a massive big platform because any promotion for artists who is not a major artist like Drake, J Cole, you know Kendrick. Any promotion is good, but labels be doing some some weird, stupid shit. But we're going to take a quick break, man. We're going to dive into Henry Ruggs, the NFL wide receiver who killed the woman. We're not going to say mistake because it's a lot of shit to unpack in that case. Because the girlfriend, I felt as if, matter of fact, I felt as if there were so many times during that whole process up until the accident where somebody could have stepped in and prevented that whole fucking situation, man. And let's not get started on the Travis Scott situation. Travis Scott, you a stupid motherfucker, man. You a dumb motherfucker. It was motherfucker. It was fans coming up on stage telling him, stop the show. There's people dying. Stop the show. And there's video of him saying, who is telling me to stop the show? Who is telling me to stop the show? You motherfuckers know what you came here for. Then he says, start the music, and the motherfucker kept rapping. You see EMTs, you see police cars, you see ambulances in the fucking crowd. Lights on, flashing, it's dark outside. You can see that shit clear as day. This motherfucker kept performing. Now, after the show, you want to come on social media and, and act as if you give a fuck after the fact. Whew, we're going to dive into this shit, man. John Schultz, LCP, Lunchroom Chatter Podcast, man. Brand new LCP. 
Welcome back, man, to the LCP Lunchroom Chatter Podcast. Now, now that we got that, you know, the quote-unquote positive shit out the way, man, I want to talk about this Travis Scott shit, man. Now, as we all know, Travis Scott, I don't know if he classifies himself as a rapper or singer, I don't know, but his festival, the Astro World Festival, I believe it took place in Houston, it was a shit show, man. It was pure chaos. Now, I'm not a big fan of Travis Scott because, like, his musical style is not really my kind of thing. But speaking about the festival, this is his festival. Because, and I say that because somebody on um, social media hit me up and said, yeah, you know, um, I don't think Travis Scott should take no blame because it's not his fault. He didn't make the the crowd do that. You know, he's not security. And I want to say this right now. When you put your name behind something, when you put your likeness, your your image, you take the bulk of that blame. This is not Rolling Loud. This is not Coachella. This is his festival. So, again, when you put your name, your likeness, your image behind something, you better make sure that the people you put in charge to run something, that they're doing their fucking job. Because if they're not then guess who takes the bulk of the blame in that situation? You do. You. Because you can't put your name behind something and bask in the praise, the, you know, the, all like the positive shit that come from you starting this festival. You know, the big crowds, the amount of money it makes. But now when negative shit happens, you can't step back from there. Because so many things could have been done differently Leading up to this festival, the fact that they even expected, they knew that, okay, this is probably the biggest festival in Houston or in Texas since the um the fucking pandemic. They were expecting over 100,000 people and they were ill-equipped to deal with the situation. Even if you look at when the festival started and you see all the videos of like the young kids, the teens jumping the gate. Knocking down the barriers, stepping over one another. This is before the whole shit took place. So you can tell from the videos alone, and I understand that videos can kind of be misconstrued and edited a certain kind of way, but you can tell that they were lacking security. The police chief in Texas, I mean, in Houston, said that before the show, before the festival, I met with Travis Scott briefly, and I I let him know that my fear was, you know, Like the amount of fans and making sure it's safe. So, and 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 that'd be my issue with celebrities. Because they invest so much money or go online and, oh yeah, you know, I got this new watch. I spent $4 million on this chain. So where's where's all that money you spend on this superficial shit when it comes to investing in the safety of your fans? Now, I want to dive into the news, man. There was a team there at the Astro World Festival, and he spoke with Good Morning America, and he he gave firsthand knowledge of his experience. Again, this is from Good Morning America. Investigation to the crowd surge that left eight dead and hundreds injured. Lots of new details coming in overnight. The Houston police chief met with Travis Scott and his head of security before the show began over concerns about public safety. Marcus Moore is live now in Houston with the latest. Good morning, Marcus. Well, Robin, good morning. Families here are demanding answers and accountability after this tragedy. And there's a lot we don't know this morning, but we are getting some clarity about what happened in the moments before the concert and also some of the plans that were in place. But something clearly went terribly wrong. This morning, new video shows those chaotic moments that had fans pleading for Travis Scott to end his Astroworld Music Festival as it turned deadly. These new images taken under a crushing, tangled pile of fallen fans showing... Let me pause it, man, because, like I said, you guys are hearing first-hand videos of people who attended the festival. The video just now where you, like, you hear the people screaming. It was tons of fans, you know, attendees on the floor, some buried under other fans. Now... Going back to the, um, what was it, a couple episodes ago where I told you guys I went to one music fest here in um, Atlanta. It was at, um, I believe, it, it what park was that? Olympic Park in downtown Atlanta. It was packed. Tons of people. 
But they had so much security. Like that's let me clap it up for the one music fest. Like it was a lot, a lot of big name at big name acts there. They had her. They had Ari Lennox. They had the Locks. They had Kirk Franklin, French Montana, Lil Wayne, um, the Osley Brothers. It was a lot of acts there. Big crit, but I gotta clap it up because they had security on point. I mean, security ain't miss a fucking beat. And when you like when you see like the the images of the Astro World Festival, they let all of the attendees just bunch up together. Now at the one music fest, they had them they had it divided. Wait, let, one more time for one music fest. Because down the middle, they had a whole like empty spot down the middle separating both sides. They also had it in the back kind of separating some people to where, yes, you can still crowd up, but it wasn't just 100,000 fans balled up together like fucking sardines. Again, they had ample security, ample police. Nobody jumped the, um, the fucking gate. It was no barriers knocked down. Everything was just on point. And that's how you do a festival when you know ahead of time that you are expecting tons of people. And the fact that you have that knowledge beforehand, even with it said just now with the police chief, he met with Travis Scott and the head of security, letting him know that the safety of the attendees was what he was worried about. And then hours later, you got eight dead. It's an issue. Concert goers crying out for help. One scene dialing 911 as the concert raged on around them. Eight people were killed and dozens of others seriously hurt as the crowd surged at Friday's hip hop festival in Houston with scene after scene of fans pleading for help. And even trying to take matters into their own hands to stop the show. 18 year old Aiden Cruz can be seen here climbing a camera platform pleading with the concert crew to stop the show. I end up getting up on that stage and I'm trying to, I'm trying to like get. I want to clap it up for him, man. The young man you about to hear talk, he's 18 years old. Now, there's been footage of him that has gone viral of him getting up on the stage, trying to talk to the camera crew, the staff on stage. Again, he's 18 years old. And the words out of his mouth are, I'm trying to stop the show. There are people dying back there. That is someone's kid. Like if that don't send chills down your spine, the fact that this young man is 18 years old and he's thinking about the fact that that's somebody's child dying back. One more time, man. That's in chills because a lot of people 18 years old, they don't think about that. The fact that when somebody's dying or somebody is close to death, that that's someone's child. That's someone's brother, sister. And you had all these motherfuckers that died, man. These people, these humans. I think the youngest person that passed away was 14 years old. And that's another issue. Why is it not an age limit? They had attendees at the festival as young as five years old. It's an issue. It's a lot of shit that was not done properly. Let's dive back in. Travis's attention and other people's attention and and then we he's like telling us to get down and everything and we just get down the security finally comes after i realized that's not that's not working aiden speaking exclusively to abc news mm. says he was hoping to save lives oh, after almost losing his own in the crushing horror of the crowd below i just remember just having so much weight on my body and i was i was pushing i was i was fighting i was fighting and then I stopped because I, I, I was getting winded. I was using all the energy I had left in me, and, and I came to the point where I was accepting my death. Houston's police chief says he met with Travis Scott and his head of security prior mm. to the performance to express concerns over public safety. The New York Times reporting that Houston officials were worried about crowd control showing... We don't got to hear no more because we know it was a failure all around. Between Travis... Again, like I said... All the blame is not on Travis Scott, but when you put your name behind the festival, when you use your stardom, your likeness, your image, you can't bask in the in the praise, the positivity, but then shy away when it comes time for the criticism. Now, again, his team, they've been they've been they've been going in overdrive. They've been on um his Instagram page trying to pull down, you know, a lot of his previous posts where 
he was online encouraging fans to write. Now, let me see if I can pull up some shit. Again, he was on stage. You know, this was at his Astroworld Festival. I know a couple years back he got arrested at the fucking festival because he encouraged fans to rush the stage and bypass security. So this is something that that has gone on a lot at his shows. It's to me it seems well it's not it seems because everything is out there. Where you can see that he has promoted a culture of just toxic fans, a culture of recklessness. And now, you know, when you do shit like that, it comes a time now where the shit come back to bite you in the ass. And that's what happened now with Travis Scott. Now I'm trying to pull up this shit. Now we know Roddy rich. Let's clap it up for Roddy rich. He came out and he said that he is going to donate everything he earned, you know, to the, those affected to the families that were sadly killed at Astrofest. Now, I'm trying to find these clips because I want you guys to hear firsthand the shit. But like I said, man, it was a failure all around. And like when I see things like that, and to the people that was hitting me up and said, you know, it's not his fault. What are you going to do? He's on stage performing. Yeah, but he see those big ass ambulance lights back there. You see the cop cars back there because the only person that could have kept that crowd under control and kind of, you know, put a stop to a lot of the rushing is the man with the microphone, the idol, the person who people look up to. So, like I said, you have to have great situation, situation awareness in a time like that so you can understand what's going on around you. Now, you know, with everything going on now, a fan passed out. I believe last night at Tiana Taylor show. And now she trying to make sure she ain't get sued because she stopped the show mid show to make sure that fan was okay. Now this is what she had to say. You know, when the fan passed out at her live show, I believe it was last night. She stopped the show, make sure the girl was okay. Now, of course she's doing this more now and kind of, you know, being a little extra because of, you know, coming off the whole Travis Scott situation. But like, the people, they come to see you. And yes, it's not solely on you that they are safe at the venue. But when it's your show, your concert, especially your festival, you play a big part in making sure that there are enough security there. Now, if it's at a venue like Madison Square Garden, shit like that, you can't really control security. But in Travis Scott's case, it's your festival. It's, the, it's your festival. But this is what happened at the Tiana Taylor show. Bring her up here. Uh-uh. Come on, come on. She okay? Bring her up here. She okay. We ain't doing that. Come on. No, 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 no. I'm about to retire. You ain't gonna see me, baby. Come on, baby. Make sure you do, baby. Come on. Cover that nipple. Come on. Bring her up here. Sit her right there. Sit her right there. She okay? Bring her up here. I want to clap it up, man. Like I said, man, things like that is extremely important, man. Because as an artist, at like as a, even if like this podcast gets big one day to where I get to do live shows in front of a venue, even if it's like like at a lounge, it's only about four or five hundred people. If I get to the point where I'm holding live shows, like those who come out to see those live shows, I play a part in making sure. That they are safe at the venue. Now, you know, if God forbid, you know, they leave the venue and something happens after they leave, I can't control that. But my thing is that making sure that those who come see me, that they are safe when they are at the venue to come to see me, man. It's just, it's human decency, it's common courtesy, it's just being aware and just caring about people at that point, man. But somebody who ain't care about nobody, man. Henry Ruggs, man. Now we know Henry Ruggs, he's a he he was a good NFL receiver. I do give him that, but he was speeding through Vegas at 156 miles per hour. He crashed into the back of a woman at 127 miles per hour, killed her. Now, some people said it's a tragic accident. 
oh, I feel bad for Henry Ruggs too. Now he's only, he's only I believe, 22 years old. He's young. I understand that. But even going back to the last situation, there are so many times over where there were so many moments leading up into the death where this could have been prevented. His girlfriend posted on social media them at Top Golf. Golfing, there were friends there. You can see the liquor, the drinks on the table. And the fact that, firstly, the blame goes on him for for, um, even driving drunk. Now, you have the friends there who know that your friend, this NFL receiver, is leaving and he's driving home drunk. You even have his girl, his longtime girlfriend, in the car driving. Well, not driving, in the passenger's seat. You know he's drunk. So not even you, this being a man you care about, can take the time and say, you know what, Henry, let's take an Uber or Lyft home. We can have security. We can have somebody from the team come back and get this car. The NFL has a partnership with Uber and Lyft to make sure that these things don't happen. But when you're young, you don't look at shit like that. And when you don't, guess what happens? You kill a woman and her dog. But that's not even the crazy part. Because it's situations like this where, like, damn, should I even say this? Oh, my God. Now, when it happened and um, I heard how fast he was going and I seen the video of her car in flames. That's when I started thinking, I like, to even say this is kind of fucked up, but I like, I hope she died. Like, I had hoped at that moment that she died on impact. Now, it's tough even saying that, that to hope that somebody died. But when I saw her, the car in flames, I was like, shit, man. Like, I hope she's not alive inside that burning car. But then when we, when we, um, the bystanders, the people around spoke about the situation when it happened. There was a bystander close by who said that I heard the crash. I ran over there and she was alive inside her car. That's what he said. And when I heard that, I kind of got emotional because he said she was alive inside her car. He said she was alive. She was screaming, help me, help me. And if you guys have seen the video of her car being, you know, just engulfed in flames, it's tough because like I've always said on the podcast, I'm a visual thinker. So I just put myself in that situation. Like getting hit from behind by a drunk driver. My car flies over 500 feet. It becomes engulfed in flames. Now, I'm alive. In the car, screaming. The bystander said that the airbag was in the way. The front of the car was mangled. You know, the seatbelt. He couldn't get the seatbelt off. And she was screaming, help me. And he had to back up and get away from the car because... It became that engulfed in flames. Like, this Buddhist motherfucking man. 22 years old, and it's crazy, man. Now, he got hit with a ton of charges. I know right now he's facing, I think, up to 46 years in prison. But this is from Fox 5 News, Las Vegas. You know, they they kind of give you guys a rundown of the many charges that he is facing. Also, man, an update on the situation, man. This is from Fox 5, Las Vegas. That Henry Ruggs could face up to 46 years in prison if he's convicted. He's now telling us that that penalty has increased to over 50 years in prison after he filed additional charges against the former football player. New charges against former Raiders player Henry Ruggs means the possibility for harsher punishment. He was arrested last week after police say he caused a crash, killing 23-year-old Tina Tinter. Just seconds before his Corvette slammed into the back of her Toyota, Ruggs was going 156 miles per hour. Two hours later, his blood alcohol... Don't make no damn sense. We did file additional charges. Mr. Ruggs is looking at two counts of felony DUI, one 
one involving the death, one involving the substantial bodily injury of his passenger, and then two additional counts of reckless driving and a misdemeanor. That misdemeanor coming from Ruggs having a gun in his car while under the influence. Clark County District Attorney Steve Wolfson says each felony DUI carries up to 20 years, while each felony charge of reckless driving carries up to six, forcing the former football player to look at up to 52 years in prison, a six-year jump from the 46 he initially faced. The minimum punishment for his felonies would be six years. It doesn't mean Mr. Ruggs is going to be found guilty. It doesn't mean that he is going to prison. All right, we don't got to hear no more of that shit, but let's boot this motherfucker one more time, man. Young woman, life gone. Fucking dog, life gone. NFL player, life gone. But the crazy thing is that he's not going to get off. But if, if he was to somehow get off, he'll get a job right now after killing a woman faster than Colin Kaepernick. And that's the fucked up shit. But we're not even going to get into that part because that's the fucked up shit, man. You could kill people. You could be a rapist. You could be a murderer. And you can get a job in the NFL. But if you take a knee, you don't you don't harm nobody. You don't say nothing that's vulgar. You can't get a fucking job. That's crazy, man. But um, <clears throat> I seen some shit that came across my timeline, man. We know Chili from TLC. Now, we know the case of um Ahmaud Arbery. That's the guy who was killed last year. You know, they said he was jogging in his neighborhood. Now, the trial is about to start soon. Or it may have started. I'm not sure. But I know the trial starts soon. There's only one black juror on the whole shit. Everybody else is white or of another ethnicity. One black juror. One black juror. <laughs> now, Chili had some thoughts on why she think it's, you know, one black juror don't matter. I don't really agree with Chili, but this is what Chili had to say. Again, this is Chili from TLC. I, I, no, I look at it like this. I mean, we have to believe that there are kind good-hearted people out there no matter what color they are right so i would say let's look at it like that you know what i mean just because it's not the same skin color doesn't mean that they wouldn't be fair to see because to me it's pretty obvious right what happened right you know and we would just pray and hope that all right we're gonna stop you chili now yes she right that about the fact that yeah they are good-hearted people of all you know ethnicities and races she's right but when she said, you know, yeah, I got to believe that it's good how the people because, you know, it's fairly obvious what happened and, you know, he was killed and it was unjustified. But that's not what the fuck going on here. Because had the shit been flipped around and it was eight black jurors and say four white jurors. It would have been outrage. The guys that stand in trial in this case. Their lawyers would not have allowed or even been okay with eight black jurors because they would have said it's prejudice. It sets their client up for a bad trial. So that's the same way I'm looking at this shit because we've seen time after time again, you know, black men, black women killed at the hands of the police, white supremacists. And when they, when those suspects are, well, have to, Stand trial, they get a jury of their racist white peers to back them up and prove them to be not guilty. That takes it back to the OJ trial when we know OJ did that shit. OJ did it. OJ killed Nicole Simpson. But as the jurors have come out years after the fact and said, yeah, OJ, he did it. But the fact that a lot of us were black, that was our first time being in control. Of whether or not a black man goes to jail Or goes home And we chose to say not guilty And I can understand that situation Man but Like I said man Some of these episodes they be tough to record Especially when like it be some Deep dark shit involving death Or just the loss of life Especially knowing that one of the um, Victims in the festival Was only 14 years old Man so Things like that, man, be tough. But I'm trying to find something positive to end this podcast with, man, because with all the news out here, the tough news, the sad situations, I mean, man, 
Matter of fact, man, y'all seen the shit with the Amazon driver the, um, the other week. Amazon driver, video went viral. He was in the neighborhood. He let a woman go inside the back of the van. They clearly had sex. He dicked her down. This is what he had to say. He got fired from his job, too, in case you guys wondered. But this is what he had to say in regards to why he let a woman go inside the back of his Amazon van. You know, he was sneaking, looking. He let her get out the back. She was fixing her dress. Clearly, some shit happened in the back of that van. This is what he had to say. You don't know what Amazon drivers do? I hope they deliver packages to our front Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You just said what I, 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 that's exactly what I was doing. Delivering packages. <laughs> we gonna clap and boo this motherfucker. We gonna clap, we gonna, you gonna get the quick claps, nigga. You gonna get the long boo. Because now you out of a job, okay? Now, you can get sex at work, outside of work, but to do it on your job, motherfucker, and lose your job, the place that pays you, because if you were rich, matter of fact, I, I might even gonna get into his um his living circumstances. But you gotta be mindful of some shit, man. You gotta be, man. But um, thank you guys, man, for always checking out the LCP Lunch and Tether podcast, man. We are closing in on episode God, 100. I can't believe this shit, man. Like when I started this podcast over two years ago, like I didn't even think I was gonna get 15 episodes deep. So the fact that I'm still here giving you guys weekly episodes, real content, real topics, real shit, real everything, real stories, opinions of a of a black man in today's society. The fact that you guys still tune in, we almost 100 episodes deep. I want to clap it up for y'all, man. That's big, man. But again, please let your friends know to tune in like. Listening is only half the job, especially when I'm an indie podcaster. You guys sharing, you guys, you know, spreading more awareness, letting your friends know. Follow me on IG at Lunchroom Tether Pod. You know, share the content, bring more listeners into the lunchroom. The more listeners, the more conversations, more conversations, more episodes, more episodes. We all get to have real conversations that just try to grow. As a culture, and most importantly, as people, man. It's your man John A. Show checking out Lunch from Chatter Podcast. I'll be back with a bonus episode, man. It's your man. We out. Brand new LCP.